And we are live with another episode of Comic Talk. It's that show brought to you by The Keeg, where we talk about uh, this week's releases of comics. For those of you who don't know, uh, comics come out every single week. Uh, DC Comics come out every single Tuesday, and then Marvel and Indie Comics come out every single Wednesday. And we're here on a Thursday, August 25th, 2022, to talk about this week's releases of comics. DC Comics, Marvel Comics, Indie Comics. I'm your host, Demetra Pereira. And uh, it's not just the comics that I read this week. No, 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 no. I've brought in a special guest. We got Brian Long, AKA Captain Comic Rex. Because yesterday we were like, Captain Comic Rex, Captain Comic Rex. I think it's Captain Comic Rex. It has to be. Yeah, I think you nailed it. I think you got it, yeah. Comic is the, uh, you gotta, you gotta stress you the really, comic. That's part. what, yes. That way people know what they're getting into. They know what right. I'm recommending. Nothing else but comics. Because <laughs> otherwise, it makes it sound like your name is Captain Comic. Right, and, right. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it could be. And these are your recommendations, <laughs> which may or may not be about comics. It could just be like, let me recommend so a good gardener this. for you, you know? <laughs> you put so much more thought into this than I ever did. I, I like think about I think about language, man. I think <laughs> about it, man. <laughs> Brian, Brian, we're here to talk about comics. That's what you're here. Yes. That's what you're here for. Um, Always love to do that. Yeah. We, yes. talk, we, we talked She-Hulk episode two last night, and now we're here to talk about the comics of the week. Are you ready for it? Yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm still so tired from She-Hulk this morning. I can't believe that was today, technically. But... Don't act like you're tired. Like what? Like you have a baby that you're I losing do. sleep over? <laughs> Come oh, on, man. we're young men. We got. We're in the primes of our lives. Ah, uh, that was the case for me at one time, but not so much. <laughs> <laughs> um. Have you noticed any, uh, I haven't gotten you on for what, like maybe a month? Has it been a month since I've had you on? Probably uh, a minute, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, has anything changed in the comic book community since then? Has anything changed? I think the biggest change is probably something that isn't, well, it is directly affecting the comic community. And that's probably uh, uh, Zaslov taking over at, uh, mm -hmm. at Warner Brothers Discovery. And I, yeah. I, Fear every day that the next headline I'm going to read is DC Comics closes its doors permanently, because um, I I would have no problem believing that with the way they're just sort of recklessly cutting things, they would say we have the IP for the movies. Who cares about publishing comics every month? I think it could be possible. Yeah, I think they would rather sell it. Sure. I think DC we'll Comics could out. get sold, yeah, to, to publishing. Because I think that, like, people in Marvel, and thus Disney by extension, would, even though it would be, quote-unquote, good for them to see the competition go down, I don't think they want that. I think they love these yeah. type of things. And they know that if these can't get canceled, the love of comics builds up both all sides, DC, Marvel, yes. and indie. You know the what I mean? rising tide lifts all ships. Yes. Right, right. Because we, we want to think about it as competition, but it isn't like Pepsi and Coke, where it's like you have your favorite and really that's all you're going to drink. It's, it's ever like changing. Can, the the flavors read. aren't really going to get that different. Yeah. The, the, each side are telling you different stories with different characters and like you just kind of right, read right. what you want. It's just, right, right. It, you know, it'd be like it'd be like if if book publishers, they're all competing with each other. Yeah. But if like a like a book book, like a novel book, you know. 
uh, like whatever Scholastic or something. If Scholastic went down, let's just say tomorrow, right? They closed their doors. That does not bode well for the book community at all. The book industry right, in general, right? right. Right, which is so, why it's which like that. is part of why it, it does concern me. But I do think I don't remember if it was. It might have been an episode of Comic Talk where somebody said this, or it was maybe a different comic book adjacent podcast. How many comic talks are you to. going on? <laughs> <laughs> I'm comic talking around. Um, but the uh, no, no. But the uh, somebody said the idea of like before they would shut down the comics completely, they could see them licensing it out to like boom studios or idw right. being like hey do you want to publish batman and if idw is like oh we can publish batman they'd probably leap at the opportunity to, to yeah. buy up that license which yeah. would be crazy to consider but i don't know it it's just the the sort of cavalier attitude they have towards so many of these things especially animation just yeah. leaves me fearful for the the comic they're, side of things they're they are burning the ground what's it called when grant uh, Ulysses S. Grant burned Atlanta to the ground and then raised the sword. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, What's it yeah. called? There was a word, right? Where he he essentially burns the soil so nothing ever grows. Again. Salt the earth? Are you talking about salting salt, the earth? Salting the earth. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Salting the earth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they're burning yeah. bridges with like big name people. Like if a Bruce Tim Ed Brubaker Batman show is getting kiboshed. And I know that that they're able to shop it around to other places but the idea of them being like we don't want this is mind-boggling they're able to shop it around cape crusader that's what i heard yeah yeah that they're basically like you can retain the rights to continue creating this but uh -huh. we're not going to be putting on hbo max which is like please don't give us the permission to print money like i i don't understand what yeah. their thought process is behind that at all yeah but uh, i don't um there's a lot going on and uh i guess it could affect comics and i'd like to think they won't but yeah, yeah. what uh it's it's, it's <laughs> i don't want to be I alarmist want, but just so many unprecedented things are happening over there that i don't know what else I, to think you know yeah i would love for amazon or google to move into comic publishing i know it sounds weird but I think Amazon specifically, they're yeah. they're they have a bookstore. They sell books. Like, why wouldn't they just publish? Yeah, own, like, are, they, are you prefer, allowed to? But I would prefer Amazon not get any more control over these sorts of things. We than can't they already we can't do. fight but it. In, like, in a, it's gonna be way, the biggest they, bitter. By by owning Comicsology and having Comicsology Originals, they do kind of print comics. They're just not. Yeah physical they're just all digital but yeah. they also kind of butchered comicsology in a major way when they took it over and and absorbed into kindle do you use comicsology at all no comicsology was a great app and then it was bought by amazon and it was fine for a while and then they it, this happened months ago and then they integrated it into their kindle service and it basically like just totally revamped the app and made uh -huh. it like you used to be able to pull up comicsology on your browser on your computer uh -huh. and like you get the guided reading it was great yeah they got rid of that completely for no discernible reason so you can only right. really do guided reading on the app it changed the way the libraries were structured it made it so all the books that you had maybe archived it put them all back in your library and you had to individually archive them all i spent like a oh. week going back through my comicsology 
and it just hasn't really recovered since to the point where yeah. I've dropped my Comicsology Unlimited service and just gone to other venues like Marvel Unlimited and uh, the DC one. Only time will tell. Only time will yep. tell what's yep. going to happen, right? Marvel is doing great, and DC is setting themselves back another <laughs> 20 years. Another in 20 years. In terms of films, in terms of films, yeah. DC, when it comes to the mainstream public, I'm not just talking about films. I'm talking about mainstream public. Sure. Kids, kids don't know DC characters anymore. They don't. They know Batman. Okay, I'm not saying literally 0%. <laughs> but like, and I say this all the time. And yes, I mean, but we I will, see what you're we saying. We will get to the comics. We will get to the comics of the week. But uh, <laughs> we live in a world where people know who like Groot and Rocket Raccoon are. Exactly. There's no reason that people should exactly. have a strong familiarity with like The Flash by now or right. like Green Lantern. Right, like they should have a clear idea of who that person is in their mind, in the same way people yeah. know, like She-Hulk now and and Moon Knight. Like right. Moon Knight, Moon Knight being popular and people like thirsting over Moon Knight on the internet is a future I never could have imagined. It's weird for myself, and yet that's where yeah. we live. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, the, the thing is, is that like, yeah, like all these Marvel characters people know, and right. as much as I love comics, comics are can be mainstream the ideas are mainstream but sure. the physical medium of comics um is not and that's why i sure. say everybody out there go to comicshoplocator.com and find a comic book shop near you and uh, uh go support your local comic book shop and if they're weird or if they have <laughs> you know sexual harassment lawsuits against them um don't go there I would also Don't. say if you're getting into comics, your local indie bookstores probably have good trade paperback collections yeah. and graphic or library. You could use to jump in or a library are also yeah. great. I recommend eBay. LCS. I, if you want to own your comics, I recommend eBay buying used paperbacks. That's what I do. Mm -hmm. uh, some of my some of my comics aren't uh, aren't new, but they're yeah. almost new. I'm cool with that. I'm about to I have use, a library, um, you know. Yeah, I use thrift books a lot, which gets a lot of like, library and secondhand ones. That's a good one. Yeah, I looked into that. Um, I haven't gotten one yet. But um, go check out your local comic shop. What I'm trying to say, though, is that TV and film and video games are the things that that push the familiarity of the characters to the mainstream yeah. public. Yeah, it's uh, the thing even that in gets the 90s, comics more often than Yeah, that. even in the 90s, though, uh, it was those things and action figures slash playing sure. cards weirdly <laughs> enough playing like the playing cards, cards <laughs> the playing cards that had the bios on the back or the stats on the back those were popular out, did you see they just put out a book that is like a collection of all the trading cards no it's what, like all the what, trading which card cards the i think it's the jim lee one specifically I'll have to send it to you but it's like right, it's like a, a coffee table book of like the art of all the cards and stuff like that yeah um, I want us to list the books that we read this week. I'll go first, and then we'll we'll list our picks of the week. I need to know the titles we read and the issue numbers. So, uh, oh, what boy. I read, I read AXE Judgment Day number three. I read um, uh, Avengers Forever eight. I read Captain America: Symbol of Truth four. I read Amazing Spider-Man eight. I read Mar Miles Morales Spider-Man forty one. I read Action Comics ten forty six and Robin seventeen. And this is a slow week for me. I'm like, I know it's a big week for you. I, I, I always feel like <laughs> I should be reading five to 10 comics 
<laughs> more than what I get to. But that is what I read. That is what I read. And I'll tell you my pick of the week later. But Brian, uh, what, what right. books did you read? So I read all those same books minus Action Comics. Okay. Plus Damage Control number one. Defenders oh, I read Damage Beyond Control number one also. Nice. Uh, okay. Defenders Beyond number two. Detective Comics 1063. Grim number four. Marauders number five. Minor Threats number one. Public Domain number three. Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings, number two, Sins of the Black Flamingo, number three, and Swamp Thing, number 16. All right. All right. So uh, we both read a good amount. You know, who's to say who read more? You know? <laughs> <laughs> who's to say? Yeah. Uh, only God can judge us. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, what, was your, what was your number one pick of the week? Do you have one? I, I have one. Well, it, it's one of those situations where I like, have a number one pick of the week, but I also have some that I'm like honorable mentions of really good books. You know what I mean? Okay, give me your pick of the week and then give me your honorable mention. I think my pick of the week, I think my pick of the week is Defenders Beyond number two. Hmm. That book is just melting my brain on a regular Interessante. basis. But my, my honorable mentions would probably be Judgment Day number three and Minor Threats number one. So, so I think those are my, those are my big ones. Yeah, for this Interesting. Week. Uh, for those of you watching the live stream, you're watching us on twitch.tv slash the Keeg Show or on youtube.com slash the Keeg Show. If you are watching us, you can see our lovely faces, which is uh, super cool. Um, but if you're listening to us, you know, however you digest this, if you're listening to the podcast, then you can hear our lovely voices uh, and not see our lovely faces. Um, but that's cool too. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. What I was going to say is that I'm drinking a Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew is a green can. It's the same color as my green screen. And it's, it doesn't disappear, but it makes me think that, like, wouldn't it be cool to get custom wraps of Mountain Dew cans? Like, this is my background on it. It would be it's cool like to have, have... It's like you have a translucent can. Oh, you're seeing it that way. I'm seeing it as it's yeah. wrapped with comic book covers. I'm seeing the logo and then the comic book covers behind the logo. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Like, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like everything is translucent except the logo. Right. I'm saying <laughs> if I took down the green screen, it would be cool if this still had that comic book covers. Sure, sure. All around yeah, yeah. with the logo. I'm just saying not to <laughs> get on it, you know? Not um, a sponsor, but could be. Yeah. Oh, I I have tried reaching out. Trust me. <laughs> I All my favorite brands I've reached out to. It's very tough. I would love to be sponsored by Mountain Dew. It would be awesome. Um. So you were saying it's either AXE Judgment Day 3 or Minor Threats 1? Or uh, Minor yeah. Threats... Well, those are my two honorable mentions. My number one is, oh. is Defenders Beyond. Have you read okay. any of Defenders Beyond? Tell, tell me about Defenders Beyond. I read a little bit into issue one. I wanted to finish it, but I, didn't, I ran out of time, and then I forgot it existed. Okay. Am so, I the bad guy? Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, this, this so this is the follow up to the Defender series that came out last year. They basically did a another five issue miniseries. It's written by Al Ewing, uh, drawn by uh, Javier Rodriguez, who is just like unreal. His art, like the layouts he's doing in this series, are incredible. But the premise of it is basically like Doctor Strange died la uh, earlier this year in the Death of Doctor yeah. Strange miniseries, and he left behind a final spell that would bring together a team of new defenders to go solve uh, a cosmic problem. Um, and that team is Blue Marvel, uh, America Chavez, Lady Loki, uh, Galactus's mom, 
and uh, Tigra. Um, so in this issue, they well, encounter the Beyonder and they kind of like go through this like weird space between spaces that the Beyonder is existing in. And he uh -huh. kind of lays out for them this whole sort of like explanation of the layered uh, versions of the universe. Because I don't know if you know this, everyone watching, but the way the Marvel Universe works is there have been multiple incarnations of the Marvel Universe, but every version sort of grows on the other. So the earliest versions were just base, uh, uh, large conceptual ideas, and then it got more specific, like science was introduced, magic was introduced, and it's all this very like meta concept and idea. Um, okay. Yeah, and this book is just like, Al Ewing doing a really good Grant Morrison impression. And I don't say that as an insult. Like I say that as a huge compliment and really just uh -huh. building on these strange metaphysical ideas and archetypal ideas about superhero comics in this really out there story. So yeah, okay. it's Defenders Beyond. It's, it's a heady uh, book. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and some people like that. That's what's cool. There's a comic book out there for everybody, right? Sure. And like, which in, in, in reverse, there's somebody out there for every comic book, right? <laughs> right, right. It, that's a different equation. It's not, it's not the same. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, the wand chooses the master, but the master also chooses the wand, <laughs> you know? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. But like, yeah, uh, I, I, I want to give this another shot. We'll see if I get to it. Yeah, you should. That being At said, point... I like these eight, this 80s vibes of the, on the covers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it doesn't get yeah. more 80s than The Beyonder. That's true. There's a there's a great joke in it where The Beyonder talks about when he did the first Secret Wars, and he describes it as a child playing with action figures, which is a great joke because literally the reason Secret Wars exists was because they made an action figure line. And they is that what it was? Comic yeah, the, there was a toy company that approached them. Oh, this is a great story. A toy company approached Marvel and was like, hey, we want you to do a comic that's going to be like based on a toy line that we're going to make. And we did some, you know, uh, research and kids love the word secret and wars. Can you do something with that in the title? And they were like, okay, we'll just call it Secret Wars. And it went from there. So, uh, what the were, why would wars. they like, is there something that another toy line that had secret in it? I don't know. I guess it just sounds cool and mysterious. Wars, I guess I just can... like, what are some words that sound cool to you? And they were like, the word secret and the word wars. I, I get it. It's Mat at Mattel's <laughs> request. I, but like, um, uh, secret, I don't know. But wars, <laughs> yes, because of Star Wars. I get sure, that. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. This is what I'm looking. I'm looking at the wiki for it. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, but at yeah, the same it's a, time, it's a really incredible series. When did the Superpowers collection come out? Oh, yeah, that was Kenner for DC Comics. They had yeah. their line. So Superpowers co uh, collection yeah. and Secret Wars toy line. Very interesting. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm going to look at it. It's a great read. I would highly recommend if you didn't read the previous one, which was just called Defenders, you should definitely check that one out. I feel like okay. it would help to read that going into this one. But yeah. it's phenomenal. I, I think it's great. And I hope they keep doing these Defenders miniseries forever. Because I could yeah. read them all day. Uh, Galactus Mom has got it going on, right? Uh, yeah, some would say so. Some would say so. Yeah. <laughs> Galactus Mom. Can you imagine having Galactus she... as your stepson? 
Uh, she becomes the phoenix at the end of this issue. So I'm very excited to see where in that what goes. what universe? In the 616? Uh, in some space between spaces. I think they end up in the white hot room. Oh. And she becomes the phoenix. That's fair. That's fair. Like I can't blame like, I can't blame them. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, okay. So that was, that was your number one pick. My yeah. number one pick... Uh, is probably uh, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Robin number seventeen. Oh, great pick! It was a good. That uh, was the last issue for this run, right? Uh, that was the last issue for this run, which sucks because it's been a great series. It's been a great run, but I know they're going into Robin versus Batman, right? But I don't know what that is—a series or a miniseries or an event. I think it's a miniseries. Okay, and I know Mark Wade is writing it. Okay, cool. and I, I, I trust it's him. It's kind of, yeah, and I think it's kind of building off of some of his world's finest stuff because I think the devil, Neza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. I'm just, <laughs> I just. Yeah, it all sounds great. <laughs> although, like, I, I, I like it when the character continues. I don't like it when, when the supporting cast changes and then I lose the supporting sure, cast. Sure. So like and they built a great supporting cast in this series. Yeah. But they all went in different directions, right? Like yeah, Connor Hawk says he's gonna go talk to Ollie, who who Ollie doesn't have a series right now. I would love a Green Arrows yeah. series. Do you think that's maybe where they're heading? Like I any would, day now they'll announce Green Arrows. I, I would love it. Dude, I want to I want to write for DC Comics. Um, I want to write for Marvel comics too, but I also want to like, I want to write, um, because I got ideas, uh, check out my, well, don't give them away for free on the podcast. What's that? Don't I mean, give I give them away for free, for on, free on TikTok and I feel bad because I'm like, <laughs> I, I want to show up. that I'm capable, but you know, I have you, right. have you, uh, so yes, Robin 17, Connor Hawk goes in his own direction. Um, and then red, uh, not red tool. What's his name? Respawn. He's in the background. Yes, he's kind of he just was, lurking. He was supposed to have died. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going on there. I'm wondering if that'll get brought up in the uh, Batman versus Robin book. Possibly, but possibly. Uh, what what was it about this that made it like your number one? I just like the series, and I like. I mean, it ended, and I need to. Sh- I want to show respect for it. Also, sure. Um, I you know, there's other books that I read that it just it it didn't hit this week. You know. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this one was one of uh, was probably just my most solid art and story wise, and it just ends. And okay, we're moving on. That being said, like I'm gonna miss the characters, and I want him. I want Lazarus Island and that community to be an ongoing thing. It'd be nice. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's um, given Damien a very unique corner of the DC universe to make his home and have him spend time in. It's, yeah. Yeah, because like you got Nightwing, he's got Bloodhaven, you know, Jason Todd, he's got the Outsiders. A lot of these characters have their own spaces that they can exist in. And it was cool having a, a spot for Damien that he could really yeah. become his own character in. Yeah. Um, have you seen my TikTok videos, my imprint line of comics? I've seen a couple of them. I figure like I've seen most of them at this point. I don't know if you put okay. one up today or yesterday not today yesterday i think i i think i did young justice yesterday but basically basically the pitch was that teen titans academy when it was on it was the only titans related content we had 
And so, right, right. Uh, except for maybe Young Justice, I think overlap with it a little bit, but for the most part, like that ended and Teen Titans Academy was just like ongoing. And it's like, ah, oh, come on. Like, <laughs> uh, it's so, so this, my pitch was that my imprint, right? Cause you know how like, um, what, what did Gerard Way have? Gerard Way had an imprint called Young Animal. So this one is, is, is just called Imprint with a capital T just because it's like Titans related, right? There you go. And so my, <laughs> so I was like, okay, who would I put in the five teams? What's the purpose of each series? And, you know, what could we look forward to? So mm-hmm. Titans, Teen Titans, Outlaws, Young Justice, and Teen Titans Academy. I feel like the thing that DC has been trying to do is like chase the Wolfman Perez Teen Titans popularity Mm -hmm. for years. And I feel like the only thing that's gotten to that level is uh, the Teen Titans cartoon, the original one. I think that's the only thing that they've produced that like got to that same level of popularity with a group of people. You know what I mean? Because I can't think of a comic run that I think hit as hard as the Wolfman Perez run did. Jeff John's Teen Titans did really well. I'm not saying it's it was, the best. Yeah, I'm just saying like I don't think it's aged as well. I don't think it's aged as well. And I don't think it was like like the Wolfman Perez stuff was like the only DC thing that could compete with like X-Men. You know what I mean? Like it's, right. You mean aged it doesn't have well, that like people aren't going different. back and reading it? Is that what you mean? I think that and I also think that like that's because of 50 going back to what we were saying sure sure that's because also going back to what we were saying about things like getting people into comics that animated show was such a like huge cultural touchstone especially for Mm. people my age and younger that the fact that they didn't really properly capitalize that in part because of new 52 is such a damn shame (laughs) i'm gonna stand up for the jeff john's teen titans run i think that a lot of youngsters got into teen titans because of it because it was going on at the same time as the cartoon so they kind of worked hand in hand yeah um and so like for me it got me really into teen titans um mostly because i was reading young justice i was a big young justice Mm -hmm. fan but i wasn't a big titans fan because around young justice's time titans or the new the new titans or whatever they were called was like a thing but teen titans comes out and the young justice kids graduate and they go into teen titans that was my jam so yeah yeah you know um but yeah, uh, 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 my, my lineups uh, were, were fun to make, but Connor and Damien, Connor Hawk and Damien uh, are, are on the Teen Titans in my lineup. Um, nice. I don't know if you saw that one, but um, I want them together is what I'm trying to say. Even though this show is, yeah, ending, yeah. I don't want them together together, you know, but what I mean is Damien they needs a friend. A team. Yeah, they made a good team in a way that I wasn't expecting until this series put them together. And I think and we talked about that issue out, where they right? were hanging out. Yeah, yeah. I think we talked about that issue on Comic Talk together when they, they put them together. But it was the sort of thing where it was like, wow, until you laid it out, I didn't really realize the similarities between these two. Yeah. But they're yeah. there and they're strong and they make interesting counterpoints to each other. Right, right. Similar backgrounds, but different personalities. Yeah, they're good um, foils for one another. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think Robin 17 is my pick. Now let's go over nice. your honorable mentions. I want to talk about AXC Judgment Day 3. Let's do it. Um, oh boy. <laughs> um, 
so uh uh did uh <laughs> okay how do i how do i how do i put this when it comes to these event crossovers sometimes mm-hmm. a crossover will have the f- it'll have multiple teams but it'll have the feel of one of the teams okay sure like one one team is the the center spotlight so even vibe. though other teams are there sure so sure. this AXE, Avengers, X-Men, Eternal, Judgment Day vibe, this whole Krauser vibe, it's not a Krakoa X-Men vibe. It's not an Avengers vibe. It's an Eternals vibe. I would agree Like yes. the yes. writing, the plot, the specifics mm-hmm. are Eternals. Yes, I agree with you. Now, And I'm me, not a fan of that. Now for me, it's lost ba, da, ba, 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 I'm loving it. All right. Which Let is great. <laughs> Which is great. Uh, that that's good for you. <laughs> but can we can we talk about some of like what happened in this issue though? Can we talk about like this whole idea of the heroes being judged? And I I just Kieran Gillen is is the master of the swerve. Like he has a tendency to set you up expecting one thing going into a series. And then two issues in, it turns into something totally different. And I loved that the first hero to be judged was Captain America, because it was like on Star Trek The Next Generation, in order to establish how tough a bad guy was, they would have the beat up Worf and yeah. immediately be like, whoa, this guy's tough. If you put Captain America on a, a pedestal to be judged morally and he fails, you're then like, oh man, these heroes are screwed if Captain America can't pass a judgment what chance does everybody else have? It ties, it. this ties in with, uh, there's a philosophy, right? That a person, right. that a purpose is whatever, it's, whether it achieves its intended, pur- like whether something is good or bad is whether it achieves its purpose or not, right? Sure, so sure. like a chair, a four-legged chair that's lost two legs, if it can't stand up, it's no longer a chair. Right, right. Because the intended purpose of it, like it is no, you know what I mean? So, so the way I feel like this eternal uh, the celestial is judging people is by their own their own it's criteria it's their own standard, but I also think it's there's a ripple effect domino effect impact that it's looking at as well because what it says to Cap is like you're a symbol of America. And if you claim to represent America and try to be a leader for America, and America is a cause of the majority of the world's ills, therefore you have failed. Which I think is kind of a, it's a really interesting way of flipping the thing that we always say about Captain America, right? Because everybody always says like, Captain America is what we want America to be. He doesn't represent what America is. But this Celestial is saying, but if he claims to be a symbol and he's supposed to be a leader towards what we should be and America's not living up to that, then he's failing in his mission. Ergo, okay, yeah. comes down, he is, he is a failure. Right. And I thought that was, I thought that was a very powerful way to flip the thing that we love about Captain America against him. Because we're like, we love him because he's better than America, but the Celestial argues, no, he shouldn't be better than America. He should be pulling America up with him. And he's not doing enough to do it in the Celestial's yeah. mind. So yeah. yeah, I I'm loving this so far. I think it's very, very interesting. This idea of the judgment and how the heroes are going to react to it. 
Uh, when it comes to this crossover event, we not only have the we not only have the main miniseries because this is issue three. We have mm-hmm. multiple tie-ins. Well, we have tie-ins in ongoing series, and then we mm-hmm. have one-shot tie-ins as well, right? Yes. Yes. So, so we had we had you know Immortal X Men, X Men Red. Those are all tying in. Then we mm-hmm. had X-Men Death to, uh, or AXE Death to Mutants, death, whatever yeah. that just came out. Um, I don't like Death. I didn't like Death to Mutants. I didn't care. But what I do like about this is its tie-ins with um, X-Men Red, Immortal X-Men, so on and yeah. so forth. The X-Men, X-Men Red and Immortal have been great. Because those feel like X-Men titles. This is sure. not an X-Men title Are you- crossover. <laughs> So now I'm thinking about what you just said. And I'm like, well, you did you not like Death to the Mutants because it was basically an Eternals comic? Oh, yeah. Well, it's not that I dislike <laughs> Eternals. It's not that I dislike Eternals. Like, I liked the newest run, and I didn't get to right. finish it. But I liked the newest run. Oh, I did. Yeah, uh, that's Kieran Gillen, right? Yeah, same right. Um, but I didn't finish it, and I just like it. Like, I don't want the Eternals touching my X-Men. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just, I, I, I don't, I'd rather, I, I did not. I'm sure you crossover. have to share the X-Men with him. I know, but like, <laughs> it just, it seems like they're like, let's make Eternals cool and trendy and tie them with X-Men. It's like, X-Men are fine. Just let them, let them like do their own storylines. Sure. I'd rather have had an, I would have rather had an Avengers versus X-Men 2. I would have been Ew, fine with why? it. Why? I like Avengers vs X Men one. I hate, but I hate when they do that because, like, this is funny what we were just saying about Captain America. But I just feel like every time they do Avengers versus X Men, because of the metaphor of what the X Men stand for, you literally like can't have them on equal moral footing with Good. whoever is subjugating them. And it's like, and then it becomes like the Avengers are taking stupid pills and turn into like fascists. And are now oppressing the X-Men. And I'm like, stop this. They're the Avengers. They shouldn't be doing this. They should be standing up for the X-Men and defending them and helping them. I uh, hate when they hurt each other. I hate uh, this. So, so you want to do a deep dive? We're not going to do a deep dive on this. But Brian, for the <laughs> audience out there who is listening to the podcast but not watching the live stream, what shirt am I wearing? You have, a, you have an X on your shirt. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> okay. We know whose side you're on. <laughs> I Yes. The Avengers, I stick to this. I'm not saying the Avengers are racist. But as it no, okay. I'm 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 serious. I'm serious when I say this. Draw the draw the parallels with real life here. I'm not saying the Avengers, the individual Avengers are racist. They could be, some of them could be, but the Avengers individually are not, but their institution is. So my my argument is that. Because I, I I understand where you're coming from, and I think yeah. and I oh and sorry the, for anyone out there who needs clarification. I don't mean racist as in our real world view on racism, but rather <laughs> anti mutant sentiment. They're anti mutants. Yes, yes. They have they have they have subliminal anti mutant biases that they need to unpack through a yeah. series of diversity, equity, inclusion trainings at a yes, <laughs> yes. Um, but I think that the the extent to it that I would ever want to see, and I think Kieran Gillen handled this very well on maybe issue two of Judgment Day, was that scene where Cap turns to Cyclops and he's like, 
you're still keeping secrets from us. And he's like, yeah, like, how could we not keep secrets from you guys? <laughs> because yeah. you've just failed us time and time again. Right. And I'm like, that's it. I don't want them going toe to toe. I don't want them fighting because I think there's a line that you cross when they start fighting where the Avengers start to look like they are irredeemable, like they are no longer heroes. Because I think your argument is fair to be like, there is definitely the possibility and idea that some of them would have discomfort with the X-Men. I mean, Captain Marvel, she was attacked by Rogue and and yeah. like I think she would understandably have yeah. you know discomfort with those characters. But I think when you get to a certain point where they're like actively fighting the X-Men and trying to like dissuade them from doing things because of the metaphor of the mutants where they represent an oppressed minority, it just gets kind of icky. And you're like, why would I ever want to root for the Avengers in the first place? And I don't think Captain America should be acting that way. There's certain characters in the Avengers are like, I don't think they should be behaving that way. And and that's why I don't want to do a full Avengers X-Men face off ever again. (laughs) I, I, I'm just thinking back on the past uh, on, okay. So one of the, one of the reasons it comes out like this is because you know, there's different writers for different series, right? And so I constantly right. bring up what Emma Frost said. It's like, where were you when our children were burning? Right? Like yeah. Genosha. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great scene. Like I, I want to make it clear, like those moments are great. I think it's when you actually have them come to blows that you get to a point where you're like, why would I ever root for the Avengers? I think tension is good and makes good drama and is interesting and makes sense in character, but when they're actually fighting each other. That's when I'm at, you know what I mean? Well, That's when I'm like, it's too much. I mean, in real life, in real life, you don't all out punch people to almost death and then be friends <laughs> later. So like right, in, in, right. in real life, in, in this world, you know, She-Hulk or, or Thor can punch Hulk and Hulk can punch Thor and then they can be fine later, right? right, right. Uh, so there is that. I do like the premise of AVX where it's like the Phoenix is coming and there's two sides that are like, this is what we're going to do. And then the other side's like, this is what we're going to do. Oh, what? Right. You're going to do something? You have no jurisdiction. That's essentially what it was, right? It was, right. don't appropriate our Phoenix. Don't, <laughs> the, the Phoenix is not yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Uh, but first thing, the Phoenix isn't anyone's. So I do think it's funny <laughs> that the mutants are like, the Phoenix is ours. Because the Phoenix right. is its own thing. But the Avengers... The Avengers are like, hey man, all lives matter. Like Avengers are classically <laughs> that. And then later after that, AVX, they do the Unity yeah. Squad, right? I think the Unity right, Squad right. should have happened earlier. Sure, sure. But it didn't because in real life, we weren't ready yeah. to have that conversation either. In in real I life, Paul. Think, I think what works well about this series though is it is putting the X-Men in a scenario. First, you were talking a second ago about how you were like, oh, this feels like it's just to lift up the Eternals. I would argue that the X-Men as it stands, the Krakoa era is great. Love it. I'm all in on it. I buy almost every issue. But they've put themselves in a corner where they've now changed the allegiances of all the major X-Men villains pretty much. Not all of them, but majority of them. Yeah. So now they're kind of in this situation, which is great. They're creating new villains. Yeah. And I think having Druig become essentially a villain for the X-Men, I think is a, a great idea. Because yeah. again, the whole idea is get rid of excess deviation. Well, mutants are a deviation from the norm of genetic code of humans. 
So right. it makes total sense that he'd be like, you are now deviants. And I think what's working well in this series so far is it's doing what I like to see, which is the teams aren't fighting each other, but there still is tension and debate and drama over how they're going to execute their plans, which you see in this issue where they're like, oh, where destiny gets the like, figures out like, okay, we can kill the celestial and then it's done. Go, go, go do it. There's no communication. And then they think they do it, but they twilight breaking dawn part two us and made us think we were seeing a disaster. But in reality, it was just the celestial messing with them being like, right. Don't try that again or terrible things will happen as a result. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was a cool thing and they do come to blows, but it's also a psychic mirage, right? It's an illusion. Right. It's a, it's a dream of sorts. Um, uh, I like that part. I like this issue. I do. Um, I just, I don't care about the Celestials. Okay. And the Avengers aren't doing jack shit in this. <laughs> it's three issues in, the Avengers haven't done jack shit. They helped on Krakoa a little bit last issue. Mm. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying it, it wasn't necessary. So it could have been XE, but sure, they just were sure. like, let's do AXE. Well, it's like, Avengers uh, Endgame made a billion dollars. That's why it's AXE. Yeah, because they didn't have the X-Men. <laughs> we know, Dimitri, you love the X-Men. We know. <laughs> uh, X-Men's, my, X-Men's my number one. I like It's, I, it's weird I because I love the Bat family. The Bat family's like my number two-ish, roughly. Because <laughs> uh, there's other number twos too, but like they're all DC. So it's like X-Men's my number one, then a bunch of DC, and then a bunch of marvel and then a little bit of dc and a little bit marvel mix at the bottom fine you know but i know where your allegiances lie it's okay yeah 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 it's to the (laughs) island nation of krakoa um (laughs) if i could i would um and i would i have you seen my tiktok i would marry lorna dane i would marry polaris (laughs) and be magneto's son-in-law that's what i would do get in the royalty yeah yeah get the royal family yeah 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 um so that was AXE Judgment Day number three. Um, tell me about Minor Threats number one. You said honorable mention there, right? Yeah. Have you? Did you get a chance to read this? No. I think I think you would really like it. Um, the Patton best Oswald? way I can. Pat Oswald is the co-writer, along with Jordan uh-huh. Bloom, who uh, is a TV writer, and I believe he was the guy who co-created the Modoc animated show with him. Oh, um, interesting. Okay. But the the elevator pitch that I would give for it is. What if a group of like C-list DC villains got together and decided to kill the Joker? Like kill a main villain? Yes, exactly. So so the premise of this is that the central character is a uh, ex-supervillain who is trying to go straight. She has gotten a job at a a bar for supervillains. And one night, this universe's version of the Joker, a guy called the Stick Man, essentially kills Robin. And it sets their version of Batman, called the Ins- a guy called the Insomniac, over the edge. And the heroes are cracking down, trying to find the stick man. And it's basically the, the D-list, the lower tier villains who just want to like rob banks, commit petty crimes, are like, this is totally screwed us. Like the whole system that we've had, the code that we've established is falling apart. So right. a group of these villains are like, let's do the thing the heroes have never been able to do. Let's kill the stick man. And end this right. so he never screws up our whole thing again. Um, right. I love a story about like D-list villains 
like the weirdos. Like I love the 80s Suicide Squad. That's very much just a thing that I, I always have an affinity for in these comics yeah. or like superior foes of Spider-Man, Nick Spencer's story, uh, run. Um, and yeah, I think this does a great job of creating really fun, interesting D-list villain characters uh, and putting them into this great pressure cooker scenario where they have to uh, uh, figure out how to take down this ultimate villain. So highly I recommend like, it. I think it's good. I like it. It sounds good. Um, yeah. Um, We'll see. We'll see. I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. Uh, yeah, do you like fla- the Flash Rogues? I love the Flash Rogues. Okay. I love the Flash Rogues, and it makes me so sad that the only villains for Flash that ever get any like real attention are ones yeah. who also go fast. Give me yeah. a guy with a gun that does something weird and have him fight the Flash. That's all I want. Yeah. Nothing made me more upset with the Flash TV show than the fact that they introduced all those villains and they never had a giant team up where they all try and jump the Flash. They'd have like two yeah. or three team up. I want eight or nine of them teamed yeah. up and jumping the Flash at once. I, I'm i such a big fan of supervillain teams getting too big yes. that they split into two and fight against each other. <laughs> so like, yes. like they're Sinister Six, right? But it'd be, you know... The fact that, like, we almost got it. I don't know what was we. It was weird. In the Amazing Spider-Man, like, a couple years back, there was the six teams of Sinister Six. Yes, yes. But they weren't actually six. uh, It was one of them. Did they actually reach 36 members or was it, like, one short? I remember you talking about this. I think there was some numbering that was weirdly off. Because the superior foes, the joke with the superior foes, there's only five of them. So that might have been why the numbering was off. But yeah, yeah, that say what you will about the Nick Spencer run, the Sinister War where all the villains fought each other. That was a hoot. That was pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh like my pitch for uh what pit what what which one of my imprint titles? I, I pitched the fearsome, <laughs> the fearsome 15. Wait, the fearsome five oh, is, there the, we is go. the yes, yes. The fearsome five is a group. So then I was like, the fearsome fifteen is coming, you know? <laughs> Uh, and I'm Hell like, yeah. oh, that would be cool. Uh, I love the idea of like supervillain teams getting too big. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I mean, they sound powerful. Can you imagine 15 of your worst villains? But right. then, like, but because one... they're the villains, they would inevitably dissolve into infighting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, too many cooks in the kitchen. So, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, I forget what. So, oh, I like the, uh, what I was going to say is I like the Flash Rogues and I like the Rogue War and when they kind of, they kind of split into sure, two. Yeah, yeah. And like that whole thing, I like that concept. So, um, but they never, you could do a, can you, uh, that's my problem with live action Flash in however many yeah. mediums or, or Flash in any medium other than the comics is that they focus way too much on time travel when I don't consider time travel one of his basic superpowers. He's not a, he uses, like, sure. There are stories where he time travels. Right. Sure. But there's stories where Batman time travels. We're not going to get a movie with that. If the Flash never time traveled again for the rest of his comics, I would be fine with it. I'd be fine with it. (laughs) It's, It's not to cast dispersions, but it's one of those things where it's like, you just know because Jeff Johns is behind the scenes at the DC movies. He's like, what if we just did flashpoint you're like oh that comic that you wrote jeff that's the one we should make it to a movie how interesting right. that you feel that way but yeah right. no, I, it's it's why that uh that justice league unlimited episode 
is so great because it's just about Captain Cold, the trickster, Captain Boomerang, Mirror Master. Like, right. just get a bunch of weird guys with tech, have them all attack the Flash, and you got what you need. It's going to be right. great. Right. So, so yeah. uh, it would have been cool. It would have been cool to just get like a bunch of villains, you know, yeah. in a Flash yeah. movie. Uh, but all right, fine, fine, fine. Um, so that was that was minor threat. Now. Uh, I want to hit the ones that we definitely uh, overlapped on. Uh, damage con- damage control number one. Yes. Uh, it was a com- it's a comedic book. It's an all-out comedic book. Yes. It, my beloved damage control have been turned into fascists by the MCU, and I'm very upset about it because damage control is a workplace comedy. That's what this this what this is supposed to be. And I really right. enjoyed this first issue. Uh, a new intern has to deliver an ice cream cake to one of the bosses of damage control. And that's pretty much the entire issue is him just navigating his way through the yeah. labyrinth uh, halls of damage control to get this ice cream cake to his boss. And it was great. Yeah. I loved it. I had a fun time with it. It was cute. It was funny. I think I would have liked it when I was a kid for me as an adult. I'm like, uh, I can do, <laughs> I can do without it. Sure. Sure. There were two it, there were two stories that don't lead to anything else because it was like introductory comedy kind of stories. Right. right. And it's like, okay, um, I whatever. It, it's funny we were talking about She-Hulk earlier. The thing that I like about both the She-Hulk and Damage Control is that idea of applying mundane logic of reality to the fantastical world of superheroes, right? Like who cleans up right. after the superheroes, who does all the bureaucratic work fixing all of the problems that a superhero creates and that's what damage control is supposed to be um i did want to mention because in case people aren't aware uh damage control as a concept in the original damage control miniseries that were published at marvel in the like late 80s into the 90s were written by the late great Dwayne mcduffie Mm. and the backup story is written by i believe his widow uh charlotte fullerton mcduffie yeah with the with the mom who fights thanos yes Yes, and Dwayne McDuffie has a little cameo in it. Uh, he's the guy going into the subway saying, I'm glad I'm not writing this issue. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So that, that's meant to be him. Yeah, yeah. So just wanted to give that a little shout out. I liked that uh, they brought her on board to, to write this because up until then, he was the only person who had ever written a damage control comic. Right. Well, it's funny because damage control is kind of like the Vulture's crew in Homecoming. Right? Right. Like, well, that's why damage control comes in and is like, hey, we're taking over now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they went from blue collar workers to like a bureaucratic agency of, of right. punishment, of, of, of yeah. justice, law, whatever, enforcement, that's law enforcement. The thing right? that's so strange is like sometime between Spider Man Homecoming when they were just doing cleanup. And then Spider-Man No Way Home, they just turned into like, I don't know, Blackwater. Like they're, they're like putting people in Guantanamo it, Bay, basically. It's because there, there's a there's a there's a a black hole. There's an empty space where Shield used to be. Right. Exactly. And so exactly. you need this thing. You need this organization. Personally, it would be nice if they just they just sucked it up and said hammer. And yeah. we, we don't yeah. see Osborne until later. Like it would just be yeah, nice exactly. if Hammer, Hammer like hints at Osborne, 
Right. And then, right. you know. Exactly. Yeah. And you could have just, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, so Damage Control 1 was like a whatever book. I wish I didn't. I wish I read something else instead of this one. I'll be honest. <laughs> Uh, if I have a limited amount of time and money, I don't recommend this one. Now, if you like the I'm comedic kind of one-shots, then fine. Then, I'm also coming to it as someone who is a fan of damage control, so yeah. I'm just happy to see these uh, characters again and them doing damage control the way I want it to be done, which is a workplace comedy. Yeah. I want to tell you another one that I think is a waste of time also. Go ahead. Did you read Avengers Forever number eight? No, Dimitri, how can you stab me in the back like this? Okay, so here's my opinion on what's going on with the Avengers right now. We have the Avengers title, the Avengers main series, and we have the uh-huh. Avengers Forever. And they're uh-huh. both kind of tying in with each other because I love, I love the multiversal masters of evil. I love that. But yeah. what I don't like is both titles, both of those titles are doing one shots off of multiversal characters. Well, both titles are be, doing it. If I could be very nerdy, yes. technically the mainline Avengers title is Traveling Through Time. It's not the multiverse. No. They're time traveling. No. They're in 616 they're time traveling. Look no. At, no. No. Look at it. It says that they are traveling through time. These are all characters in Avengers. All those characters exist in the 616. They are traveling through the 616 timeline because the whole they said this in the latest issue. Mephisto is going back in time to try to cut off these legacy heroes before they can blossom in the present. No, what about that soldier that had a flesh yeah. gun? That's a yeah, he was he fought in the 616 World War II. He was part of the secret invaders. They were a secret. Nobody knew they existed. What about the Phoenix gun, the girl with the Phoenix gun? Someone in the old or Starbrand gun. I forget what it was. I don't Same think thing. they're trying. They'd have to be multi. They are. I'm going to pull the issue up right now. Hang on. Please. Please. Because <laughs> they gonna... specifically said, because the star brand we know from Avengers BC has been floating around the Earth since caveman times, right? And the Phoenix, you can just put the Phoenix wherever. I don't think. You can't. Okay, I don't think I don't criticism. think continue your criticism though while I'm pulling this up. I'm I'm removing it from its board and bag. Reno Phoenix and the Star Brand Kid. You're telling me that yes. they are part of the 616 timeline. Yep. 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 Where is the line? Hang on. Hang on. No, Say no, no, dude. Talking, it starts off. It starts criticism. off with, with Reno Phoenix and the Star Brand Kid being like, sure is uh, sure as shoe is kid. It's a Shiar Sky Train. So the Shi'ar, no, the no, no. Shi'ar. Listen, this is the this is the description at the beginning of the issue. Are you ready? Okay. The demon Mephisto has been de- bedeviling the Avengers, traveling through time in an effort to unravel their history. The Avengers have embarked on their own journey through time, seeking to protect the very first Avengers in the prehistoric past. Right. The team's pursuit of Mephisto has thus far led them to various periods of history, not multiverse, periods of history, where they have been aided by their heroic predecessors. It doesn't make any sense. All right? It's cool and good, Dimitri. You're making me dislike this more. (laughs) Okay. You're telling me, you're telling me 
I didn't, in the I didn't Wild West, in the Wild West, yeah. there was just this big, long Shi'ar sky train just going through the Wild West, and it's just considered part of everyday. Yeah, just like weird shit happens. There was a Ghost Rider in the Old West. No, Ghost Riders there, make sense. Weird things. Ghost Riders across time make sense. Universe. These weird things can happen in the Marvel universe. But then. In a lot of these issues, multiple Mephistos come in because those are the Council of Red, right? Right. But I think those are supposed to be either Mephist multiverse Mephistos that are attacking 616. I'm looking at the Marvel Universe wiki right now, and it says Reno Phoenix, Earth 616. I think they're supposed to be either multiple, like multiverse Mephistos, or it's Mephisto blending into different timelines to cause chaos and try to stop the legacy hero from passing their legacy down. So the, the guy with the, with the, the flesh gun, he's a Zardos. Yes. He's, yes. He's, 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 related to he's a uh, relative of Margali Sardos. Sardos? Presumably, yeah. They don't ever make that explicit, but somebody pointed that out to me and I was like, oh yeah, that would make it's, sense. It's a weird it name. It says, but my grandmama always said we Sardoses have bona fide witch blood in our veins. Going back to go. the old world, to Wondergore Mountain, and to Weavers, the winding, winding way. Uh, okay, makes sense. Uh, <laughs> but now you hate it more. Yeah, I... <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry for laughing. It's, just, it's very funny to me. Wait, who is? What is going on here? I not. Okay, I'm gonna present why I think this issue was good. No, no. At the end, okay. At the end of this, you have a literal person who is Blade, but it's not Blade. It is because Blade was born in the like 1800s in the 616. Oh, really? Yeah, he's old oh, as hell. Okay. He's born like the Victorian era. Okay. Oh, so this is because I had the same thought. I was like, "How is this Blade?" And then I looked it up, and I was like, "Oh, right, Blade was born in like the Victorian era in the comics." Okay. And I knew that he had those green goggles and the afro, right? Like, I, I get that. Yes. Okay. Anyway, whatever. I what I'm trying to say <laughs> is that like, Avengers... Sorry, he was born in 1929, but still he could fight in World War II. Okay. Um, the Avengers uh, co main comic is dealing with like one shots where we get introduced to this random character and that's it. Mm -hmm. And then Avengers Forever, we're dealing with one shots where we get introduced to a random character that then I guess joins the, the multiversal Avengers of that. Which scenario. is fine, except the first six issues of, or three or four issues or whatever were cool of Avengers Forever because there was a right. story with Robbie being um, kidnapped or, or, or you know, uh, by the Black Skull or whatever his name is. Right, right. Uh, so I don't know. It's just kind of like they shifted focus of the series. And so I'm kind of, I'm like, okay, cool. I can just read a Wikipedia page on these characters. <laughs> like, that's my thing about like a lot of like what if stuff, if it's not a legitimately good story, then you could literally just tell me what if, uh, 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 Agent Carter was Captain Carter and you know Steve Rogers was an Iron Man kind of thing you would have you would have preferred that like the first issue of this arc was like 
two page stories introducing each of these characters getting recruited and then it ended with like all right they're all on the team now let's move forward that's i think what you would have preferred i don't even need an origin story for something so simple sure like um okay in the in the first couple issues of um of avengers forever there's that universe's ant-man who's tony stark and he has a crew right, right? he has he has like a ben Grimm guy who's like part infinity gems right <laughs> or is it wonder man who's part infinity gems but the point no, it's, being, it's ben Grimm. he's the infinity thing okay the infinity thing <laughs> i don't need an origin story for that like if they touch on it yes sure do i need sure. a whole is- issue about it no it's just sure. the concept is easy. If you were like, okay, here's a uh, here's a Nazi version of Joker, like from Batman, like I don't need a whole issue on that. I'm just like, mm-hmm. okay, Batman has to fight Nazi Joker. Cool. We're good. Do now. you think though? Do you think though that your dislike for the multiverse is affecting your? I like I'm the not multiverse. Saying, I'm not saying that I like your opinion wrong. Yeah, I'm just saying like, do you think that's coloring your opinion at all? I like the multiverse, just okay. in specific ways. Okay. Okay. You know, I like uh, uh, I like the DC multiverse. I like that. You know, mm-hmm. um, I would love for a whole series to take place on Earth three, the the crime syndicate Earth, uh, sure. in in DC. But those stories have to stand on on their own. Mm-hmm. This origin story of Thor, who becomes an Iron Fist, but not really. It's just that he learns how to punch. Great. But I don't care about it. Whatever. Like all my counter argument, is- yes. My counter argument is uh, this comic had Thor punch Mjolnir over and over again until he could punch lightning, and that was the sickest shit I've ever seen in my life. So Ooh, me- I loved it. <laughs> then that's then that's a page. That's a that or that's a splash page montage. Sure, sure. Give me two pages then. You could do two page an open spread of him training, punching Mjolnir. I- I think I like this arc a lot because I miss what the what if comics used to be, which was like one self-contained story that told you like this weird winding tale of a character, right? We don't get that anymore because like the idea of the what if comic just can't be supported by the marketplace. People aren't going to buy a comic that's just like a bunch of stories that don't really matter, quote unquote. I I don't think people would be into that. You just have to do it like they did spider shadow like when the, you do mini series based off of one idea sure. you can tell a story that literally stands on its own sure but i think there's an art to doing it as like one single issue stories that is lost or maybe maybe lost is the right word but like there's something about the what if comic that was so fun because it was every issue is going to be something different which you don't get if you do it as a five-part series. Now that that Spider Shadows book is great, don't get me wrong, but to me that's not what What If is. To me, What If is like every issue you're going to get something totally different. You want an anthology series, which is like I the Twilight Zone. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is why I think this appeals to me because I like that kind of thing. You know, I love an anthology series. So getting all these weird variations of the Avengers has been very entertaining. I like alternate kind of Avengers and stuff and the Council of Red, seeing all the different right. Mephistos. That's cool. Like the Council of Reeds that was in Fantastic Four a while back. Great. I just, you got to, I'm just, I'm just saying you got to tell me why I should care. No, I respect it. Like, and I, this is not me saying like objectively, this is a good comic. This yeah. is a good illustration of 
if you have my specific tastes, you'll like this. If you have yeah, yeah, yeah. your specific taste, Dimitri, you probably won't like it. I'm it's, not telling anyone not to. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the only book I tell people not to is The Boys. That's, that's the only book I will I outright say. On that one, yeah. I will outright say, don't read it. Don't read it. I don't care what your taste is. Get better taste for that specifically. For everything else, I'm like, hey, your taste is your taste, man. Like, I literally don't think yourself. I've seen a single person because ever since the boys show started, that's kind of been the popular consensus. Like, you know, the the show is better than the comic. I don't. I literally don't think I've seen a single person stand up for the comic. You, it's because you don't, you don't have shit people that you follow. I don't have shit people I follow too, <laughs> but people tag those people and whatever. Uh, really? People I'm are like, it's that. satire, man. It's satire. Yeah, it's bad satire, satire, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shat tire. <laughs> um, What's a book so, that you liked? What? What's another book that you liked then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and so Avengers Forever, I just think it's, you know, it's it's kind of let down, but it was an easy read and it fair, was fun. Fair. And I like that. I like that shot of him punching the thunder. Cool. I'm just Pretty saying, fun, like, right? <laughs> once he gets picked up by by Ghost Rider and, and Tony Stark, Ant-Man, like, sure. I want to see that story. That's the story. You want to get to the fireworks factory. I don't need the fireworks. I like to see characters interact with each other. Fair. And the Thunderer from Kunlun is not, not who I'm looking <laughs> forward to, you know? Sure, sure. Uh, a book I did like, and I like where it's going, is Captain America's Symbol of Truth. Yeah, the art, this is a good I issue. really like the art. Who's the artist Arby on Silva. this? Arby Silva. Who is it? Arby Silva. Arby Silva? Yeah, he was one of the artists doing Hawkspox. Yes. Yeah, he's great. Phenomenal stuff. RB? Uh, RB. R period B period. Oh. Other initials. Uh, you know what I love, Dimitri? I love when people remember that Sam Wilson has a psychic link to birds. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing I love more. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got to read Captain America. I love Captain America. Yeah. I, um, I looked, I also, I'm looking up, I'm looking up RB Silva, and from far, I'm like, could he be Sri Lankan? Because we have a lot of Silvas. In Sri Lanka, oh, okay. we got a lot of we got a lot of Portuguese last names. Like my last name is Portuguese. Oh, okay. but interesting. But I'm like with a last name named like like Silva. It's one of two places. It's Sri Lanka or it's Brazil, and it's Brazil <laughs> because Brazil just okay. has more people. Uh, so he's from <laughs> anyway, cool, cool, cool. I love his work. I love his his the art is really good. It's really good. He he's great at faces, like facial expressions. Yeah, he captures them really really well. The action is so good. Yeah, I love the punch fun. in this issue because people always say people are always like Sam Wilson. Sam Wilson's not Captain America. He doesn't have super strength. Blah blah blah. But did you just see him it. like he punched out Crossbones? Crossbones is geared up, and Sam Wilson is wearing a t-shirt and jeans, and he just knocks him out. And then he summons a flight of birds with his psychic powers to attack yeah. people. Yeah, great. I I like I, I really, like him using that power sparingly because it yes, is a dumb power. It is, but the moments when you drop it in, it it like it creates such like a fist pump moment for me yeah. if you utilize it correctly. Like I remember in his first miniseries where they were using like mosquitoes to spread that virus, 
And then he was like, I need to summon every bird on Earth. And then, like, every bird on Earth came in and ate up all the mosquitoes. That ruled. It was great. Yeah. I am, I am very fascinated by, and I, I apologize because I think I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of the writer's name, Tochi uh, Onyabuchi. Um, I'm really fascinated by the way he's using Wakanda in this series as, like, yeah. at, looking at it from the perspective of, like, how American, specifically Black Americans, would feel about Wakanda. And this is not really like my lane as a critic, I think, to, to do too much analysis of. But yeah. I think the idea that there would be Americans who want to immigrate to Wakanda yeah. and Wakanda opening its borders and providing American citizenship is a really uh, great concept. And I think it's being utilized well in this story. It's it's very interesting given the historical, um, uh, historical precedent for it, I guess, in real life. Uh, so right, I looked up Tochi right. on... Tochi Onyabuchi is a Nigerian-American science fiction fantasy yes. writer, right? And former civil rights lawyer. Oh, wow. Interesting. That's what it says. That. Yes, yes. And so um, he won an, uh, an Alex Award. I don't know what an Alex Award is from the American Library Association and the World Fantasy Award in 2021 for his novella Riot Baby. So yeah. the, guy, the guy's award winning. I think he's spinning a very, very cool story. The idea that um, that 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 Black Americans would would look at Wakanda and be like, Wakanda's better than America. Yeah. You don't want us here. Fine, we'll go. We'll go. You say go back. Go back where you came from. Maybe I didn't come from there, but they're gonna be way better. And yeah. I wish I wish in real life there was an alternative like that. That would have been that that would be great. Um, well, I think I think know. that is interesting. And then Sam's reaction to it where he's like putting this weight of guilt on himself being yeah. like, am I not doing enough as whether it was Captain America's partner or now Captain America to make these people feel like, no, this country is yours as well. And that's a very interesting psychological place to put Sam in this series. Yeah. I have a personal like tie to that thought, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and uh uh, what's up to Bearded Ninja 16 out there on Twitch? Thank you so much for watching. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, so I think this it's it's interesting. I think in the past, after the Civil War, they tried to set up Liberia as all the slaves and descendants of slaves in America will will just like just go to Liberia, just create a country. And so that's essentially what happened after the Civil War. But they some people left, some people did leave. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, obviously as we know now a majority of people did not um right. because what do you what do you what are you gonna do like how does that work but within wakanda's sake wakanda is better than america it's a fictional <laughs> country it's better than america right okay. right right you know and in this that being said there is a conspiracy with the white wolf that i think is like very interesting i also think it's very interesting that like one white guy in Wakanda, like in the royal family, one white guy, <laughs> and he messes it up. He's messing it up. And it's like, uh, okay. They were What's like, we to told you to talk, you shouldn't have adopted this white boy. That's what we get. <laughs> it's like, okay, all right. Uh, so I think that's interesting. I also think it would, like, if I'm looking into Wakandan, um, citizenship let's just say or residency right, right. Or, or green card or visa or whatever uh uh i wonder whether they would accept someone who's white hmm. 
who wants well, to leave probably, America. Yeah, I, I mean, what's funny, I didn't realize he, I knew that he was a, a pretty well-regarded science fiction writer. I didn't realize mm. he had a background in, did you say it was immigration law specifically? Uh, civil rights law. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I was, I'm curious if he's like thought about the legal you know, yeah. ramifications and how that process would work. Like, would they expect right. someone to have specifically African ancestry right. if they're going to open those doors for them? Like, I'm very right. curious the logistics of it. Yeah, um, but it makes for a great story beat. It's it's interesting. Because I'll be honest, I would apply. You know, I mean, so, I wouldn't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, beard, bearded Ninja Sixteen says, "I wonder if Wakanda Forever will tackle similar themes like this story." Uh, I th I don't think Wakanda Forever will because I think they got a lot on their plate. It is possible. Uh, I think a lot of the ramifications of them being more open to the world will definitely yeah play a role in in the film. Right, because when you stop being an isolation like isolationist nation means you're meddling right, with right. other people, which means you're going to create enemies like Talokan, I believe is what yeah. it's called. Um, <laughs> so Wednesday pulls out their Bearded Ninja 16. Uh, Bearded Ninja, I don't know how you found us, but uh, thank you so much for finding us. If you haven't followed Captain Comic Rex, uh, definitely follow Brian. I was just going to say, I believe he follows me on TikTok. So what's oh, up, Bearded awesome. Ninja? How you doing? Awesome. Um, uh, but yeah, so so very interesting. And then like the guy who's White Wolf is he's messing it up. And it's like, this is why, <laughs> this is why we didn't trust you, you know? Uh, so I mean, cross because crossbones is an all-out Nazi. Like he is a neo-Nazi. Yeah, he so... is a straight racist monster. <laughs> right. So I don't know what the game plan is for 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 White Wolf, you know? Yeah, um, he feels very like just want to watch the world burn a little bit, but I'm also curious if he maybe has some kind of I don't know, economic stakes in this, if he's got some kind of political machinations right. that he's trying to pull off here. I'm very curious what his, right. his end game is in this story. Um, but he's a great he, villain. Like, I'm surprised it took this long for someone to bring him back and do something with him. Yeah. Uh, before we get going, I want to talk about two more books that uh, are the sure. Spider People books. But I also want to say that, and I stick to this, maybe it's a hot take or whatever. I, I've mentioned it before and some people have agreed with me. We didn't need Ross um, in Black Panther. Oh. <laughs> that Everett Ross. Ross. Uh, yes, Everett yes. Ross. We didn't even, we, he could have been played by Jimmy Wu and served the same purpose. Sure, sure. I mean, he's there because he has history in the Black Panther comics. Yes, but he's also there because like they want, yeah, they did is. want to put a white face in Black Panther. And like, of course, of course. but you could have, <laughs> you could have easily put Jimmy Wu and then it's a non-black face who's also not white. Thus, sure. you know, you 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 kind of you you know you see the nuance there. That's crazy talk. We're gonna move on to <laughs> I want to talk about Miles Morales, Spider-Man 41, and Amazing Spider-Man uh eight. Let's do it. Which one do you want to talk about first? Uh uh Amazing Spider-Man 8 um deals with the ramifications basically of uh Adrian Toomes, Vulture is told by his granddaughter who is Starling. Starling mm -hmm. says, you're a murderer. I just found out that you're a murderer. Spider-Man told me. Um, um, and I, I won't turn you into the cops, but I, I, I can't talk to you anymore. And so he gets heartbroken and he, you know, cause his granddaughter left and he goes to kill Spider-Man and Spider-Man still doesn't know whether he can trust Norman Osborn. Uh, mm -hmm. But Norman Osborn's has it. He's had his sins removed from himself in the sin eater arc. 
And so, uh, uh, like I don't do. know. Yeah, as one does, you know. I um, really liked in this issue the way Joe Caramagna, who, shout out to Joe Caramagna, he letters so many books a month. Like, look at look at the credits pages in your Marvel comics. You'll be amazed at how many of them are Joe Caramagna. But I liked the way in the first couple pages when Spider-Man is falling, the way he placed the caption boxes mm. to look like they're also falling with Peter. Like, they're not perfectly aligned. But if you look at them, they're kind of like off-center, off-balance. And they almost look like they're tilted a little bit. So it's like he's flying past them as he's going downward. I thought that was a really great way to create that that tension of he is falling and he's got to find a way to stop himself because he doesn't yeah. have anything to flip onto. Yeah. Uh, I haven't been totally in love with this new restart, but I do think it's getting better. I respect that. I've been enjoying it a lot. I, I, I think that I've gotten to a point with, with Peter Parker, Spider-Man where my approach to it is I try to critique it for what it is and not what I wish it was. Uh -huh. Because I would, obviously, it's like, I want Peter and Mary Jane to be married. I want them to maybe have a kid. Like, that's that's what I, I want. I want Peter to grow up. I want Miles yes. to start taking center stage. Exactly, yes. I want yes. the rest of the so, Spider family, too. I want more Silk. Uh, I want Aranya, yeah. you know? So, yeah. my feeling is, while it isn't what I want, I do find the stories that they're telling to be pretty entertaining. And I think yeah. this this whole way they're kind of gradually revealing to us what it was that got Peter to sort of be a pariah in the superhero community is clearly centered in part with this alliance with Norman Osborn he made for mm. whatever reason that we have yet to learn. Uh, yeah. Because I have a feeling that that crater he's in in that first issue, whatever tech he got to do that, I think Norman Osborn is the one who provided it for him. Uh, considering he gave him a spider glider and uh, all that other nonsense he had in this issue. <laughs> We're also going to see Golden Goblin. That I, I, yeah. I saw like a thing about that. That's Norman Osborn trying to be a hero. Golden Goblin. All right. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I don't know who the writer is of that. I probably would have been more excited for it if I knew the writer. But yeah, that's a real wait and see for me. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and Miles Morales, Spider-Man 41, finally gets Miles back to our reality after time uh multiverse hopping kind of alternate timeline hopping to find uncle aaron he is finally back um and it kind of ends with uh with his younger sister who's an adult in this timeline becoming spider smasher and i feel like it might tie in with edge edge of the spider-verse or or whatever that that miniseries that's out right now yeah, I was hoping. Uh, I think it's End of Spider Verse is the the mm. new event. Is it? Because there's edge. there's Edge of Spider Verse, which they always do for like the lead into the Spider Verse events to introduce oh. new Spider people, and then like like Spider Geddon had a like Edge of Spider Verse oh, series. Okay. All the, okay. They're just like you know anthologies. Um, but I believe yeah. the official title of this new one is End of Spider Verse. Okay. Uh, okay. We'll see so I'm 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 assuming Spider Smasher will come back. Yeah, I hope so. I, her design is pretty cool, and I like the idea of Miles' sister being one of the various spider people that's that's out yeah. there in the world. Um, yeah. I'm sad that this series is coming to an end next issue. Is it? Yes, next issue is the final issue. Why? Um, what happens? Tell me. <laughs> well, I, I was reading uh, something that Saladin Ahmed tweeted out, and he was saying that this was kind of like 
a few months back, they decided this was kind of the logical conclusion that they were coming to, and they wanted to end it at 42 since it was the 42 spider that was the one that bit Miles. So it's kind of like a little bit of number symbology there. I just realized, what was Jackie Robinson's number? It's 42, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, just <laughs> I don't realized. know if that was deliberate or not, but there is that definitely has to be deliberate. That yeah. has to be deliberate. <laughs> um, like, there's no, there's no way it's not deliberate. Yeah, yeah. That'd be it's, like, we just picked 69. Just I just picked a yeah. random number at 69. Uh, but yeah, I have really enjoyed this run and I feel like people have like largely slept on it. I put together a TikTok about all the things I liked about it, but to, you know, kind of to say what I was going to say in that TikTok, I think that yeah. Ahmed did a great job of saying, I've got Bendis' Ultimate Spider-Man, I've got Into the Spider-Verse, and I don't remember if the game was out at that point, but maybe he had some prior knowledge. I've got this yeah. game, I have these three disparate versions of Miles. And I think he did a good job weaving, pun intended, all of the yeah. versions together to create a Miles that people can recognizably appreciate from all those different versions. I What I like in a, because I like team books, right? I've told, mm-hmm. Have I told you this? I like team books. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, li- I love my teams because I like to see how people play off each other. If it's not a team book and it's a solo hero book, they need a very strong supporting cast to the yes. point where it's almost like a team. It's, yeah. it's Kamala and her family and her friends. It's Miles right. and his family and his friends. And we're creating new side characters to kind of support this cast of characters, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's like why Starling I, is a great character. I really yeah. like her and I hope she's more of her. I like Shift. Shift is great. So what a good what a good guy, Chip. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think he's done a really great job of of rehabilitating rehabilitating Aaron Davis's image. Because yeah. if anybody's not aware, like if you read the original Brian Michael Bendis Miles run, Prowler's a piece of shit. Like yeah. he's horrible to Miles. He manipulates him. He gaslights him. And yeah. I think he did a really good job of convincingly redeeming him and making him more into this antihero kind of figure going forward so i'm excited yeah. for that. i'd love to just see someone do an aaron davis prowler series or mini series i feel like that could be really cool yeah uh yeah that'd be cool that'd be cool um brian uh unfortunately that's all the time we have today i want to thank you so much for coming Let's on the it. show and taking time out Dude, of your this day. is great it's always great I'm, it's always great to have i'm you. so sorry i i ruined the current avengers run for you <laughs> you made it worse <laughs> <laughs> you're hopping through time not the multiverse that's worse it doesn't make any sense they're like ah uh, yeah that's the Shi'ar sky train just as it's always been what, what? no yeah the, the the ramifications of that are staggering and i don't think anybody's thought about that but that is a thing that is a thing that happened okay i mean I, there are certain characters that i get are legacy characters ghost rider being one of them we've seen that that's yes, fair right right <laughs> ghost rider makes sense but the fact that there's always a phoenix yeah that's the big thing with jason aaron's avengers is he's kind of like what if everyone was a legacy character yes every, which i love <laughs> legacy characters but some of them don't make any sense like there's yeah. always a star brand and there's always a Phoenix in all types <laughs> of history. And I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. All right. Um, uh, thank you, uh, Brian. Brian, where can we find you? Uh, uh, what do you got coming up? 
Uh, so you can find me uh, on TikTok. Uh, Captain Comic Rex is my uh, username on there. Uh, you can find me talking about comics, recommending books, whether it's Marvel, DC, indie. I started reading more manga. I'm getting into manga. So mm. I've been talking about some manga you can check out. Um, yeah, and go follow me there. And as always, support your local public schools. Make sure they get their funding that they need. Make sure teachers are paid. Help them out, you know? Yeah. Be on their side. Yeah. Yeah. Children are our future. Uh, I, that's what I believe. You know, <laughs> uh, for anyone out there uh, uh, who is looking for a nearby comic book shop, go to comicshoplocator.com. You can find a comic shop near you. Support the comic book industry because uh, we need it. Because this is all about spreading the love, right? Like, I'm not getting paid to do this, but comicshoplocator.com. <laughs> go check it out. If you do want to pay me for doing this, uh, it's really a donation. Patreon.com slash The Keeg Show. Uh, there's different tiers uh, with different donation, um, you know, uh, amounts. Find the one that works for you. Uh, be greatly appreciated. Um, other than that, also, yeah, go follow Captain Comic Rex. Uh, definitely on, on TikTok and Instagram. And then also on TikTok and Instagram, it's us, The Keeg, The Keeg Show. Yeah. Follow us at The Keeg Show on TikTok and Instagram. Uh, we're also on Facebook. We're also on Twitter. We're everywhere. Twitch.tv slash The Keeg Show and YouTube.com slash The Keeg Show. Uh, we're there as well. That's where you may be watching live streams. And if you're listening to the podcast, it's wherever you get podcasts from, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Uh, we're there as well. Uh, if you're doing one thing or another, give us a like, give us a follow, give us a subscribe, a comment, uh, uh, five stars, whatever you can do to help support the show would be greatly appreciated. Even just a thumbs up. That's cool too. You know, <laughs> um, this is Comic Talk. We do this every Thursday. This is uh, uh, obviously for this week, but we'll be back next week uh, with, with more guests. And Brian, I would like for you to come back uh, uh, for of another course. as well. Uh, uh, you know, I would love to. As, as usual. Uh, other than that, uh, definitely stay tuned for the other things that the Keeg has to offer, which is like the She-Hulk after show. So like Brian was on the She-Hulk after show last night. Yeah. Um, uh, and then when Andor starts, we're going to have the Andor after show and the She-Hulk after show at the same time <laughs> for that overlap. And it's going to kill me, but it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. You know, um, you can do it to me, Trey. Uh, Definitely go follow uh, all your favorite people on all their favorite uh, social media because uh, too many of people are just following you on one thing. You got to got to follow on everything. Do your best to support the people that uh, the content creators that you like. Uh, other than that, that is the end of today's Comic Talk. Once again, I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira. Uh, and this has been Comic Talk for August 25th, 2022. Uh that's not connected. Anyway, take care. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye.